Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Marnie Swedberg, and I welcome you to Marnie and Friends, a place where leaders share practical, helpful, and encouraging ways to get anything important done faster, better, and smarter. Right now, I encourage you to sit back, buckle up, and join us for fun, laughter, practical help, and clear thinking, the kind of discussion that focuses our attention off of the fluff and onto the most important stuff in life. Again, welcome to Marnie's Friends. Let's get going. Hi, everybody. This is Marnie Swedberg, and I welcome you to another edition of Marnie's Friends. Our guest today is Pam Perry of PamPerryPR.com. We're going to be talking about some social media and um, tips and strategies for you to help build a strong fan base. During this next hour, you're going to discover the 10 secrets you need to know about social media in 2015 that will change how you do yours from this moment forward, the elements of a strong media publicity plan, the publicity process and how to master interviews, how to win TV, radio, newspaper, magazine, blog, or other internet media interviews, the key PR hubs, including eBlast services and other little known places to get publicity, top creative ad strategies that work, how to tap into social media and other news media to build a tribe, tips to help you master social media in just minutes a day, how to build a powerful platform to build authority, trust, and credibility, and the main social media channels that will make you Googleicious and why it matters. Our guest today, Pam Perry, promotes authors, experts, and entrepreneurs with a focus on supporting baby boomers who want to reinvent and rebrand. Clients have been featured from CNN to magazine covers and major television shows. She's the author of the recent book, Synergy Energy, who keynotes at blogging and writing conferences across the country. And I welcome you, Pam Perry. Thank you, Marnie. How are you? I'm great, and it's good to have you here. Well, we are going to cover a ton of ground in the next hour, and we always like to do that. So I'm very excited. And this is such an important topic for everybody, really, not only just uh, authors and speakers, but entrepreneurs. Really, everybody needs to be involved in social media. So maybe just quick before you start, uh, how did you how did you kind of get into it that this is one of the key things that you help people with? Well, I'm a publicist by, by training, so I've worked at PR um, for a long time, majored in journalism. So when I got out of school, I worked for the Detroit Free Press, and it was a good, I had a very uh, good uh, media career, I guess you would say. But over time, I really felt that I really wanted to use my skills and talents helping people with a message that mattered, so to speak. So I left there and I actually started working in the nonprofit world. I was a PR director for the Salvation Army, and I did that early in my career for about seven years, and I loved it. And what I realized is that the Salvation Army, they do a lot of good work, but they really have a strong brand. Immediately when you say the name Salvation mm-hmm. Army, you have something in your your mind that you automatically know about them, and that's a good brand that's easy to focus on, easy to understand and really Salvation Army the word salvation being key it's a church and so they have the most amazing way where they market their message uh, which is really the salvation of Jesus Christ out to the masses and that just stayed with me for a long time after I had my daughter I said you know what I really would like to work from home I really want to do something that matters, and I started Ministry Marketing Solutions. And I did that, birthed it really about the same time as my daughter, but um, really since about 2000. 
And I said, you know what? I really want to help ministries grow, prosper, and market the message. And that's what it is. The theme line became marketing the message. So out of that, I was helping ministries, but really, you know, ministers are speakers. And one of the best ways where speakers can really catapult themselves because they can't speak everywhere all the time is to create a book. And I have a love and a passion for books. Love, love, love motivational books, inspirational <laughs> Christian books. And so my talents and skills, I had uh, talents um, and skills from obviously training from school, from journalism, writing, I had to broadcast, I worked in radio, and I took all of those things that from the natural, plus my passion, and I said, I'm going to launch this business. And I just began really working with a lot of uh, publishing companies that work with Jetson Press and Moody and uh, Random House, Waterbook Press, uh, just about every Christian house. I work with Zondervan and I really said I really want to work with authors. And so I worked with primarily authors for many, many years in the book industry. Now, the book industry changed when the Internet actually became a lot more uh, mainstream. Yeah, it became a lot more mainstream. So a lot of the, the, the publishing houses said, you know what, we really want our authors to build their platform. We really want to put the onus on them. And authors weren't really used to doing that. They really didn't know how to do that. They were writers. They were speakers, and that's what they do. So they had to learn how to take this tool. Um, At that time, it was really MySpace, and how to leverage that so they can build an audience, build a platform so that people know who they are, and they will buy books. So the industry, as it changed, and and basically at one point in time, it's probably like 2005, where there were more e-books sold than there were books on, on mm-hmm. um, in regular bookstores, people then realized that this Internet thing, this blogging thing, these websites, this social media is not going away. But by right. then I had really been training a lot of my authors on how to use social media and online marketing to really build a platform on how to build a tribe, how to build a community. Because that was that was the trend. That's where it was going. Even though I was a trained publicist, I took a lot of my marketing and PR skills and said, okay, let's use this online. And that's really what what PamPerryPR.com really birthed into because now I just coach people. No longer do publisher companies have to hire a publicist. What they do is they really ask their authors if they can promote their books and we'll give you a contract. But then the authors have to know how to do that. And that's where I really coach authors on how to do it themselves. That's so great. You guys can learn more about that over at PamPerryPR.com. Pam, let's go ahead in the next few minutes and share the 10 secrets that you've got to know about social media in 2015. And things keep changing, but for right now, what is it critical that we understand? Well, the critical thing is just like with any kind of traditional media, you know, the top of the food chain, obviously in in media is uh, television, all right, followed by radio, followed by magazines and followed by newspapers. Well, if you translate that to online, the top of the food chain of what people are looking for online are video, followed by podcasts, followed by blogs, and then followed by possibly, you know, just uh, articles, what I call article factories, you know, where people yep. to like articles and they just find that they're not necessarily blogs, but just a whole lot of articles. So what I tell people most is that Yes, you do need a blog, and everybody's always talking about blog, and I always tell people to start there because every writer, every speaker 
to a blog. It's a fantastic way for you to connect with uh, your readers, your audience, um, without spending a lot of money, but it is just one way for you to really understand that you have a message and obviously Google loves blogs. But on that blog, that's the really key is to have a video. Video marketing is so hot right now. I would say whiteboarding is probably the best thing that people can do. Now, right now, they're kind of pricey. <laughs> if you Google whiteboarding, um, they can start, um, you know, as high as $1,200. But those are the things that last forever. People always talk about, oh, I want to go viral, I want to go viral. If you whiteboard a video, that's hot. That is what people are really doing. Whiteboarding is when you see a hand sketching, really, really fast, and talking. That's where you call it a whiteboard, and where someone is actually drawing out your message. It's usually in 30 seconds. It's not very long, but because it has the attention of people moving that hand and drawing the picture as you're speaking, that's what people like. Now, obviously, you can't do that yourself. You do have to um, hire someone to do that, but whiteboarding is really, really good. The other thing I would say, well, people say, okay, you should blog, you blog, and you do host your blog from your website, but I would say host your blog also to um, blogger.com and Tumblr. You know, blogger.com is owned by Google. Anything Google, I always tell people they need that, but also on Tumblr. And Tumblr, you don't really have to post a lot of copy. Mostly, Tumblr works sort of like, I would say, sort of like Instagram. And that's just a really good way because that way when you do that, you actually have another backlink to your website. I will say this, number, number, you know, out of one, two, that's like three, the number one thing that people have to understand is that SEO, search engine optimization, changes. Changes could be weekly. It could be. It's definitely yearly. But the game of SEO changes a lot. But it will never you have to stay up on it, so you have to like work with the professionals, just kind of help you with searching and optimization. But one thing that will always stay the same is backlinks. And so what I'm sharing with you is just how to get the best backlinks. And so those are one of the main things that you want to do, having Tumblr, having a blogger, having a YouTube video, those are the same things. Obviously, one of the greatest things that people can do is to use Twitter. But not just use Twitter, just like, oh, I'm going to tweet, but to create lists in Twitter. People very rarely do that. They don't know how to create lists in Twitter. The other thing is Facebook. Okay, all right, so everybody's on Facebook. How do you really do Facebook? I don't understand. Facebook advertising. If you don't get it, you need to learn how to do it. Facebook advertising takes you from being the person that's like, I'm not listened to, I'm not heard, I'm only getting two or three likes on my post, to like, I've grown accounts from zero to 10,000 by using Facebook advertising. And it's not expensive. It really isn't. Um, and that gets traffic to your Facebook page, which eventually gets it to your website. Um, whiteboarding is really good. Instructional videos are good as well. You want to make sure that you're using instructional videos if you are um, a nonfiction writer. Obviously, this doesn't work if you're a fiction writer, but instructional videos where you're actually talking to an audience. Almost like, I would say, maybe the PBS type of uh, format where you're in front of an audience and you're, or Susie Orman, if anybody remembers like Susie Orman doing her uh, videos where she's in front of an audience. So you want to do something like that because when you do that, it shows you one as an authority. And then it shows your audience. So you can get together like a studio audience, you know, and, and you can do this at a basic cable company or whatever. But 
um, get a studio audience. It could be small, but you're doing an instructional video. That's one of the things that makes people understand you as an authority. Obviously, once you do the video, you put it on your Facebook, you put it on your Tumblr, you put it on your Twitter, whatever. Then also LinkedIn. Well, this particular one, LinkedIn, you have to make sure that when you're using LinkedIn that you are doing articles in LinkedIn. That is a great way to do articles. So it's not necessarily the same blogs that you're doing on your on your website and in Blogger on Tumblr, but different blogs, ones that fit the, the audience of a LinkedIn. I tell people LinkedIn is almost like a grown-up Facebook. So you want to be a little bit more detailed and a lot more information on a LinkedIn blog. Google Plus is always the main thing. People are sleeping on Google Plus. You want to make sure that you get Google Plus. And I tell people anything Google you want to get. You always want to do Google. And then the last thing is podcasting. Podcasting like we're doing right now, Blog Talk Radio, is very, very good. But you can also do it on SoundCloud. You can do it on very other platforms. Matter of fact, if you do the more podcasts that you do, put them on the other platforms, and they're free as well. And that will get you a lot of that uh, traffic. I put a lot of my podcasts on Spreaker.com. Those are just great ways. And it's the same content, but you're putting them on different platforms because each one of them have um, different audiences. And the last thing is to run a contest. <laughs> you want to run a contest on either Twitter or Facebook. Host the contest. Um, you could do one monthly. Don't do them too often. But hosting a contest is a great way to actually learn how to leverage the Internet. You get the interaction. Remember, the whole thing about using social media is the keyword social. So much right now, people are like promoting, promoting, promoting. So in terms of social, that's a great way to engage an audience by hosting a contest and getting something for free. Oh, my goodness. That was fantastic. So those are the 10 secrets you need to know about social media in 2015. This is Marnie with Pam Perry of PamPerryPR.com. And we're going to come right back after break and talk about the elements of a strong social media publicity plan. In fact, just a strong media plan altogether. Also, the publicity process and how to master interviews will be right back. Christian Women's Events. At womensevents.info, you can find events to attend. Learn how to plan amazing events for your group or publicize your own upcoming Christian Women's Events. It's all available to you at womensevents.info. Just click your state to find all the major women's events coming to your area or type in the month and year you'd like to attend an event to see all your options nationwide. It's that easy. If you want to promote an event, just click Add Event. Event publicity is available on a per-event basis or free to members. Finally, if you want to learn how to host awesome events, retreats, and well-attended conferences, click Event Planner Training. Once again, it's available a la carte or included in the membership. It's all online and here for you 24-7 anytime you have time at womensevents.info. That's www.womensevents.info. Money troubles got you down? Visit www.godlywealth.com to discover the fastest way to financial peace. 
You'll gain perspective, biblical training, and clear direction to help you move from terrified to triumphant. It's all free and available to you online at www.godlywealth.com. Not only will you learn a balanced, godly perspective about money, but you'll also enjoy scripture set to music, a wealth roster worksheet, and much more, all free and online at www.godlywealth.com. That's www.godlywealth.com. Welcome back. This is Marty Svedberg, and we're talking today about social media and how to do some uh, training and growth for you so that you can utilize a strong fan base. Our guest today is Pam Perry. Pam Perry PR is her website, pamperrypr.com. Pam, welcome back. Let's go ahead and talk about the elements of a strong media publicity plan. Yeah, the, the people always want publicity. I get people that uh, come to me and says, I wrote this book and I want to get on Oprah. I want to get on this. I want, you know, I said, well, why Oprah? Well, that's because that's the biggest uh, outlet or I want to get on NPR or CNN. I want it's the biggest, the biggest outlet. Well, of course, everybody would like to be on these large, um, you know, media outlets. They want to get on the cover of Good House keeping a red book or Christian today or charisma. I've had people that have gone on the, on the cover of um, charisma, uh, Dr. Pat Bailey. And let me just give you before I even get into that, how she actually got on the cover of uh, charisma magazine. Charisma magazine is a circulation of, you know, so many readers, like 1.2 million readers. Right. And it has it online as well as um, physical distribution as well. So Dr. Pat Bailey is an author. Uh, at this point, I had worked with her on her third book, and the book was actually published by Harvest House. So Harvest House had published the first book. It did okay. The second book did a little bit better. The third book, uh, Women Risk Takers, was really like the best-selling book that she had. And what she did is that she put a hook with the book, meaning that if you bought the book, then all a lot of the money was going to um, helping women that were involved in, in trapped in sex um, trafficking. And so that was her really goal because she's a missionary. She traveled all around the world. Um, and her, you know, from Africa to India. And one of the main things that she wanted to do was to make sure that people knew about sex trafficking and that we had to save our girls. So that was her hook. Now, what's interesting is that even though she wrote these books, it was not really, she wrote the books because she had so much to say, but most of the time when she wrote these books, they were from mission trips. And she basically, a lot of times, hand writes these books out. I mean, for, for wow. And um, because she's in places where they don't have internet, they don't have computers. So she's handwriting them. And she's so passionate about it. I mean, she would do this for free. And um, if you know anything about anyone who's doing missionary, basically they are doing it for free. But she really had a good story. She was um, went to ministry school under, um, uh, I want to say, Joel and uh, Doherty and Billy Joel, Billy Joel and Sharon Doherty um, went to their mission school. And she, she actually was under uh, Fred um, Price as well. Um, so she had a lot of mentors in the ministry, and she was always at conferences. And um, actually, it didn't even matter because she just wants to share what it is that her message was. So if I would say, Dr. Pat, this was on book two, I says, I need you to go to 
a gospel today. They're having a conference. I need you to speak. No problem. I'm there. We go there, maybe 50, 60 people, right? You're not a lot, a lot of people, but she gets to meet the publisher of gospel today. They form a relationship. She begins to write articles for them. Then I say, oh, Dr. Pat, we need to go to Atlanta. You need to meet such and such at this church because um, they own a magazine, Heart and Soul Magazine. Fine, no problem. She goes. Not a lot of people, but she goes. They meet her. She tells them her passion. She begins to write columns for them. So at this point, not only she writing books, but she's also writing columns. So then we book her on some radio um, interviews, and she can go. She is telling people that she's over in the Middle East, and she's over in India. She's over in Africa. She's in Jamaica, and she's traveling basically without a church. Dr. Pepe, she doesn't have a church, but she's very, very passionate. She has a small ministry team that she travels with her and a lot of interns, and she goes to these places. She went to the tsunami whenever there was there was trouble there. Um, she went and helped the people there. And while she's there, I did tell her, I said, make sure that you videotape a lot of your, your um, things that you're doing outreach-wise for interns to do that. Fast forward, so she's doing all this work really like behind the scenes, just brewing, this cooking, and it's just like, wow, you know, she is doing a lot. And, you know, marginal publicity, not really a whole lot. She gets on TBN a couple of times, and she does do some things on the Harvest uh, show in uh, Indiana, South Bend, Indiana. She does a few, I think she did Daystar, um, and they were good. You know, they were good shows, but still nothing really, really, like, major um, that – that would do. So finally, I said, okay, at this point in time, we're going to write this press release and we're going to actually pitch it to Charisma. I want it for it to be a cover story. By then, she has a long bragging sheet, right? She has, she's been at this conference, and she's had these columns, and she's been on these TV shows, these are her radio shows that she's been on. Probably maybe at this point, maybe 15, 16 different things. But it was timing, and part of it was content. They were looking for um, that particular issue to talk about missions, to really talk about what a real missionary does in terms of, and when she does her mission work, she does it so fabulously. She is like the most girly girl. So she's in the mission fields, and she still has her hair together and makeup together. She's just really, (laughs) just a girly girl. So she's very attractive. So, of course, we sent some pictures of her actually in the field, and she looked wonderful. And, of course, they took her pictures, and they said, okay, we like these pictures. Can we run them? So it's pictures of her on a camel in the Middle East or this and that. And and so she's doing all of this, and she made the cover. That cover story is is now what we call where she leverages her brand. So people say, yeah, I've heard of you, or, or now we leverage it, and she goes on different television shows. So that's one thing. It doesn't just happen. You know, she couldn't have called me up and said, you know, I need to get on Oprah. I need to get on the cover. So... What I, the first thing I will say, then when we're trying to devise a publicity plan, is identify your, your audience, making sure that your core audience is who you really capture, that they know you, that they love you, that they understand you, and that they support you. That is what how you get larger media. Media begets media. So it doesn't matter how small. You could be speaking somewhere at the smallest little elementary school. It doesn't matter, but identify your audience, if that's the core audience that you want, and really build up on that. Once you identify your audience, you can start to form the rest of the marketing and PR plan. But so many people don't do that. And when I say identify it in terms of the demographics, the psychographics, the geographics, 
all of those things. And then once you identify it, what you do is you target or you bullet right in on that particular person. That's why I talk about Facebook advertising because you can really do that on Facebook, but I digress. So once you do that, you target this audience from places where they hang out. You know, you want to know if they're in forums or if they're on on Twitter. You can actually, at this point, social media makes it so easy. I had to do all this before social media. Right. I can't understand why this is um, this is so much easier now. So you can go on Twitter. So the audience that you want, you can find them on Facebook based on the demo, based on the geographic. You can find them in LinkedIn. So you could, you do that. Then, obviously, the main thing that is the, the heaviest part of your marketing plan is your website, even though you have a, a website. But your website is really the essential part of where you're going to show the publishers, you're going to show your readers, you're going to show the media, exactly everything it is about what you do. Um, it has to be very user-friendly, and it has to be content-driven. When I say it has to be content-driven, it's more than just blog posts. I mean, it's it's videos, it's podcasts, it's reports, it's ebooks, it's lessons learned. I mean, it is content-heavy driven. Um, then the, once you have that, obviously the key part to having any website is getting traffic. So how do you get traffic? One of the main things is to utilize social media. Social media marketing is different from social media networking. Um, networking is just kind of like going out and like getting the feeler and just learning your audience. But marketing itself is just a vital tool to engage and to spread the word about whatever it is that you're doing, whether you're speaking or whatever. So social media marketing drives traffic back to your website. So how do we how do we do that? One of the main things I said is that when you are doing social media updates, to give away something and tell people that they can only get it on your blog. That's really like the main thing. You're marking it so that you can get people to your website, to your blog. Once they're there, you are converting people. That's what we call conversion. You're converting people to download whatever it is that you have, whether it's a, a MP3 or it's a, usually it's some kind of ebook, and you get them on your list, on your email list. You know, you can ask for their email. You can also ask for their physical address. I always tell people, I said, you know, sometimes getting a physical address may not be a bad idea because you may want to eventually do a postcard mailer. I mean, it's really cheap to do postcards. You could do a 1,000 postcards for $100, okay? And if you have a list of people that have already said, yeah, we like you enough to download your free uh, information, you may want to do a postcard mailer to them maybe once a month. People like postcards. We don't do as much physical mail as we used to, and it's very inexpensive to do. So once you do the social media marketing, you know, when I say that, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Google+, Pinterest, LinkedIn, Tumblr, YouTube, I mean the whole gamut. That's a whole strategy in itself, but you want to make sure that you do that. Then you write guest blogs, all right? So you know who your audience is. You know where they're hanging out. You know what other blogs you're reading. See if you can guest blog or even write a column for things that um, other magazines, other newspapers. Um, I have a, a an author that writes regularly for the Black uh, Daily, the Black um, Weekly newspaper, and um, that's his audience. He writes weekly columns. It's on parenting, and he writes columns, and that's really his core audience. I mean, circulation on this small, 10,000 people, but hey, if he had 10,000 speaking engagements, that would be pretty good. 
So, you know, you don't look at the numbers, you look at the audience, because if the more they get to know him, word will spread. They'll spread your word for you. So writing guest blogs. And then I would say also to just making sure that you have um, the exposure in the old-fashioned way. Uh, when I say old-fashioned way, from events. Event marketing is very, very important. I tell people one or two things. You can have a signature event and put together a signature event where it's your event, and you can do videotaping from that. You can have it free. I don't say try to make money from it, but that's your event, and that's where you get a lot of publicity around it. Awesome. That is so great. Well, this is Marty. We're visiting today with Pam Perry of Pam Perry PR. Dot com, and we're going to come right back and talk about the publicity process and how to master interviews and how to win radio, TV, newspaper, and magazine media interviews. We'll be right back. Womenspeakers.com is the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, featuring over 1,700 women speakers from every experience level, denomination, and fee range, some near you. Visit Womenspeakers.com to find the perfect speaker for your next event or to get training to be a speaker, author, or media personality. All training and connections occur online anytime you have time. Find a speaker, add a speaker, or become a speaker at www.womenspeakers.com. Do you lead a women's Bible study or know someone who does? Check out BibleStudyExpo.com. That's www.BibleStudyExpo.com. Here you'll meet the authors of the most recently released Bible study books for women. You'll meet Liz Curtis Higgs, Lisa Devere, Pam Farrell, Elisa Morgan, and dozens of other Bible study book authors. Each author is given 15 minutes to share the story behind her book, her ideal audience, and a little bit about the study's format so you can decide which Bible studies you want to introduce next. It's all available to you free and online at www.biblestudyexpo.com. That's www.biblestudyexpo.com. Welcome back. This is Marnie, and our guest today is Pam Perry of PamPerryPR.com. We're talking about how to utilize a strong fan base and how to build one, too. Pam, let's talk really quickly about um, some of the key components. So let's say that you get in the media now, and you're there, and what are what are they looking for? What do you need to be sure to include in that uh, interview? Yeah, well, the, the publicity process is really easy. How to, how to speak. So say you are an author, and that's really an author slash speaker. The publicity process is you have to have a press release, <laughs> professionally uh, written press release. When people, because I've worked as a producer, so that press release really is the code, I guess you would say, of whether you are a worthy guest meaning that it has to be written in the style that the media would like to see it. So it's almost like they're looking for a way to say no to your press release before they even get it. So they want to make sure that it does have the right formatting. So you can always go online and look at the right formatting. They want to know if it has the hook on the press release because obviously, and, and when I say the hook, meaning like why should we interview you, so a lot of that has to do with the research of knowing what that audience is looking for, um, the producer who uh, is on the view or whatever. So say it's the producer of the view, and so you're, you have a new, you know, book on, uh, I don't know, just say new gym shoes or, or something, something that's really like not related sports and, and men gym shoes on top of that. So obviously, you know, the view's audience is women and they're looking for those type of topical 
thing. So you want to make sure that you're doing that so you have a press release in the right, written in the right format with the right hook from the research that you've done. You write it in a very short so that in the first paragraph, which is the lead, it gives the reason why you should pay attention. So it's always really like it usually starts with a question or a startling fact. Then it goes into your credibility, and that's where your platform comes in in terms of who you are. And really at that point, you, you answer the who, what, when, where, and why in the press release. Like, okay, so why should we do this? Once you actually put that press release together, it's no more than a page. Um, if you go over to two pages, you're probably going to lose a busy producer. But you want to make sure that you have everything so succinct. Matter of fact, the best way to really do the press release is to do what I call a broadcast press release. And basically, a lot of those are on my website. But a broadcast press release has, a, has the who, what, when, and why press release on it. It has questions that your audience will want to know. And then it has a little bio box. And then it has like a little startling fact. Those are like what I call my broadcast press release. You could send it to newspapers as well. But primarily for radio or TV, those are like the little teasers that I would always send out for the authors. It will have a cover of the book, obviously the cover of cell. It has 10 questions on it. And this is like, well, how can I get all in one sheet? That's what uh, the beauty of publicity is. It's just trying to make it as succinct as possible. But you want to make sure that the press release is basically just answering the question like, why should we interview you? So once you do all that, then you pitch it. You pitch it with a pitch letter. Typically, you don't just send a press release. You actually send a pitch letter. You can either do it um, by email or sometimes I tell people, you know, a lot of times you can pitch people in social media. You know, that's why I said Twitter lists are really important. If you have a Twitter list of media, you want to, you know, pitch them that way as well. But once you pitch them, if you haven't heard, it does almost like a sales job, just like with any sales job. You may do a follow-up call once, twice, or three times. Now, not just a phone call, but maybe you'll phone them to let them know that you're sending it. Maybe follow them up to make sure that they got it. And then if they still haven't heard, maybe you can find them in other types of venues where you know they will be. If it's really, really important, it's like, I really do think I see myself on that particular magazine or on that particular radio show. And I always tell people, too, on the publicity process, if you make a list of the top ten, media that you know that your your message fits that audience and you are you have so much belief and faith in that then you make sure by whatever means necessary that you actually connect with those producers one you have to know who that producer is and know them almost like doing a lot of detective work or, or, or research about who that producer is what they've been nothing worse than, than saying oh I'd like to be in this such and such newspaper and I like them to write a story on such and such. And then you Google them and say, oh, well, they just wrote something on that like two weeks ago. Well, obviously, then that, that particular editor or producer said, well, they are not even paying attention to what I'm doing. So why should I care anything about what they're doing? Because they're not in the job to promote you. That is not what they're doing. What they're trying to do is satisfy a news hole or make their audience happy. That's really like the main thing. So daily newspapers, they've got a news hole feel. And you just have to research. It's like, okay, well, have they done stories on this? Or if they have done a story on it and said, well, here's a follow-up. This is some of the things I think you missed in that particular story. So it does take you having a really different type of mindset in the publicity process, not just all about, oh, I want to get my name out there and I want to be famous, 
but it's almost like you have to have that mindset of a editor, of a producer, to know exactly what it is that audience is looking for and how to make their job easier. That's what yeah. they're They're looking for something to make their job easier. So if it's like something that's very turnkey that they can take, they already have the questions. And I would say is to think about it. They are getting, you know, 70, 80 um, press releases a week, all right? This is just like just, and this is not even a big show. This is like a moderate show. They're getting so many press. So make their job easier because they've got to do their particular story or they have to do, so make it easy. You know, have questions already written. You know, don't send them so much information that it overwhelms them. But when you are pitching someone, um, make sure that they know that they that they're not being mass uh, solicited. <laughs> so if you send out a press release and say, I'm sending it out to 100 people, they're going to know you send it out to 100 people because there's nothing personalized about it. So I always tell people sometimes if you see a magazine that you really feel that that's the audience you want, I say write a letter to the editor before you even pitch. Just write a letter that says, I really like you know, your magazine, the, your cover story was great, whatever, whatever. Write a letter to the editor. Uh, they do not get a lot of letters from the editor. And then say, oh, by the way, I wrote a book on the uh, topic of such and such. I'll probably, maybe I'll send you some information. Or the other thing is comment on blogs, you know, of newspapers. Every newspaper now makes all the reporters have a blog. So if you're trying to get to a daily newspaper, yeah, write on, write on, write a comment on their blog. That really stands out. So then when you pitch them, they know you. I would say one of the main things about any publicity process, it is very subjective. Even though the reporters themselves should be objective, it is subjective from the standpoint that if they don't know you, they may not necessarily respond. So you want to make yourself known as much as possible. Go to conferences where you can meet them. I would tell people, go to Book Expo. So especially if you're author, go to Book Expo, meet. All the media are just, they're they're at Book Expo. Or go to uh, Christian retailing conferences, ICRS. That's a go to the International Christian Retail Show. Meet the media there. How can you get on Harvest Show or how can I get on Daystart? Well, they pretty much set up camp all week during ICRS. Yeah, it's pricey to go, but you'll meet them face-to-face. So then you can pitch them. Obviously, the best way to pitch someone is in face-to-face. You have the passion. They can understand it versus the lazy way is to send an email. You know, so that's one of the, the main things. So. The publicity process, people are thinking, oh, I just don't understand it. And every person that I've ever placed, each one has a different story of how they got there. It is not the same for anyone. It is, a lot of it has to do with their content. A lot of it has to do with their timing, their audience. It is so many different variables. But nothing is going to take the place of you actually meeting a editor or a producer face-to-face in an event or at a conference. There's nothing because you can always have that rapport. And that's really what people pay publicists for. They pay publicists for their contacts because, obviously, I know a lot of producers. I know a lot of reporters. So I can call someone up versus someone who doesn't know them, you know, just cold. It's a cold press release. I can call someone up and say, hey, I've got a really good story. I think you'll like this person. Let me shoot this over to you. Okay, sure, no problem. They trust me. They know that I will give them a good story. Versus someone who's just starting, it's like, ah, you know, I don't know. I, you know, you got to do that two or three call. I'm sending you something. I'm calling up to see if you got it, whatever, whatever. So how do you master the interviews? Basically, 
once you have already done that pitching part, mastering the interview is really just talking what you sent in soundbite. That's all. Because if they said yes, what you sent them is what they really want. That's it. They really want what you sent them. So you have it in soundbites. They want the little short little part right there um, that was on the press release or the 10 questions that you put on your broadcast release. So you have those answered. You can write them out, but it just depends. I mean, if you have someone that's really knowing their, that's why I said, knowing the audience is really, really so important. If you know that they're funny, then you try to add as much humor. If you know they're pretty factual and they want a whole lot of information, then you just try to memorize stuff and give them a whole bunch of lists. I mean, so you that's when it really, you flow with whoever the host is or you flow with um, whatever their readership is because you are moldable. You have the core message in you, but you but what you're doing is actually disseminating it to the audience. And so when they sit, tap you on the shoulder and say, yeah, we want you, you then actually then go into the mode of saying, okay, I'm going to be everything to your audience because you said yes. And that's it. Mm. So how, how, is there like a special strategy to actually win the interview? So, well, like I said, a lot of it has to do with content. But, yeah, it is. it has a lot to do with whether that press release is written correctly. They can mm. weed out, and I've weeded out a lot myself. Sure. them out. Because if they're not written correctly, I can tell that if it's written, say, first person, okay, obviously they don't know. They don't know how to write a press release. Or I can tell if they really don't have a good headline, it's so bland. Or if their lead is boring, I'm not going to read the rest of it. I mean, so, yeah, it's it's that press release, and you have to study it, and I studied it in school, but the press release is that key tool. That's why it's, they call it media release, press release, but that is the key tool. And you can't write the press release enough and have it succinct and exciting and have it visual enough so that people really get you because they are it's like a resume of you. So you know how you take the time to really try to win the interview with the resume? The same thing with the press release. It takes time to really develop it. The very yeah. it is a call to action. The call to action is to get them to say, Okay, I'd like to know more. Right. You can't say everything in the press release, but you want them to say, I want more. And that's really it. The publicity part starts with the press release. Um, I have the elements that, you know, people say, oh, it's all about the who, what, when, where, why, and how. That sounds easy, but it's hard to really put, you know, what what works for every person in one conversation. But all I can say is you must research, just like with a resume, you're researching the company, but you must research the media that you're pitching. Does that mean you have to write more than one press release? Yes. But you know at the lead how to change it to fit the audience. Does it take work? Yes. That's why people pay publicists to do it. So, yes. So you may have five different press releases because you have five different types of um, media that you want to pitch. But it's really knowing, when I say knowing, following them on Twitter, reading them, understanding what they wrote last, listening to them. Um, and I tell people this all the time, and I said, you know, I'm very transparent. I said, if you want to know anything about me, you just follow me. Follow me on Twitter, LinkedIn, or whatever. I said, but people are lazy. It's like, you know, all this stuff is really online now. I mean, if you want to find out, just go on my blog. I've got, like, shoot, probably, you know, 10 years worth of material up there on my blog. So, 
a lot of information, a lot of clues are all over the Internet. And if you really want to know, if I were really going to pitch one of my favorite things to pitch is like maybe Essence Magazine. So if I say Essence Magazine, I will look and see what it is that they're writing and look at their editorial calendar and then look at see what edit, what reporter actually what they're writing on and actually get to have a rapport with that reporter and, and help them shape their next story. Mm. It's not just like, oh, okay, I've got this book. Here, let me pitch it. But it's more or less like you're developing that relationship with that reporter and say, hey, you know, maybe you won't be the main person in the story maybe the first time, but you'll always be their go-to person. That's great advice. Well, this is Marnie Swedberg. We're visiting today with Pam Perry of PamPerryPR.com. We're going to come back and talk about the key PR hubs, e-blast services, and little-known places to get publicity. We'll be right back. What's your next step? Are you tired of scouring the Internet to find the training you need to take you from where you are today to where you want to be? Stop searching and start moving towards your goals with over 150 targeted training modules available to you at Marnie.com. You can learn how to speak, how to write, how to get published, how to get media coverage, and so much more, all available at Marnie.com. That's M-A-R-N-I-E.com. Are you enjoying every single bite eating with God? If not, visit www.eatingwithgod.com. That's eatingwithgod.com. Discover the easiest, most enjoyable way to move from where you are with food today to where God wants you to be in His perfect time and way. There are free daily bite recordings available to you at www.eatingwithgod.com or you can purchase the entire set of Daily Bites, 31 individual daily MP3 words of encouragement, plus the book, Gasping for Grace, 31 daily devotionals for discouraged dieters. To start moving toward your God-given ideal weight, visit www.eatingwithgod.com. That's www.eatingwithgod.com. Welcome back. This is Marnie Swedberg here at Marnie's Friends, and our guest today is Pam Perry of PamPerryPR.com. Pam, let's talk about some uh, maybe little-known places to get publicity. Well, not, not little-known places, I guess you say how to get the publicity. One of the things that I would tell people is that they need to go to places where reporters hang out. Um, pitch rate is one, or the reporter connection one is Harold. Um, I just posted in your um, probably your chat room, I guess, or right underneath, like the the five best ways to get publicity. And Harold is uh, help a reporter out. Um, it was started by a gentleman that was a actually he was a publicist, and his reporters would always call him and says, "Hey, you know, this may not be your client, but you know anyone is." So he started this particular thing called Hiro, help a reporter out, where reporters would just go to him and says, hey, can you find me a source for this, 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 and this? And so it became very, very big, very, very lucrative. He ended up selling it to um, selling it to Volcus, which is a PR uh, uh, newswire brand and, and for millions of dollars. But that's one of the ones. And pitch rate, the same thing. Pitch rate is where uh, reporters and people who want to pitch meet in their own, I guess you say it's like in their own network, so to speak, and reporter connection. Reporter connection is where reporters, where you can, where you can connect with reporters who are looking for stories. So those are just some of the ways where people will say, well, I just want to be able to just, you know, know how to connect with reporters or how to really get out to get my pitch known. 
those are the main things of, of what people should do. And they're, they're little known because if you're not in the industry, you're not a publicist, you don't know about these things. Right, right. So let's go ahead and jump to some tips to help people master social media in just minutes a day because it's, it's a lot to do and you've mentioned a lot of different social media platforms during the hour. So what are some strategies to make that go faster or help them to actually get it done? Yeah, once they actually know what their social media strategy is, because like I said, everybody's got their own particular audience that they're looking for. So someone who's on Facebook or LinkedIn or Twitter, I mean, I use them all because I have to test them all and then I have to really understand them for the people that I work with. But for the average person, you may say you pick three. So say, for instance, you pick three. Um, it may be Facebook, Twitter, and maybe YouTube or whatever. Um, the three that you use, you're going to connect with that. And, and one of the things that I use is um, I use Firefox, which is my Internet browser. I never use, I never use um, Explorer. I use Firefox. And within Firefox, I use uh, Shareaholic. Shareaholic means that wherever I go on the internet, I can share it. I can share it into Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, or any, even on my blog. So I tell people, I said minutes a day, because there's not a day where we're not on the internet looking for something. And if you are a speaker or author, you're expert in something. So you're always looking for information in your field. You're always researching. You're always learning. You're always growing. With me, I'm always learning about social media. Um, so I share in my Twitter stream, I have like 22,000 people following me on Twitter. Are they all my tweets all the time? No. They're, I'm sharing information from a field, from PR, from social media. That's what I'm sharing. How do I share it? How do I find it? Sometimes I'm just going through and I'm just browsing, and then I'll actually share it via Shareaholic. Shareaholic lets you, uh, it's almost like you can do it all at the same time. So right now, if I were to share something, I go to Shareaholic, and in my Shareaholic, I could share whatever page I'm on, I could share it as a, into Delicious, I can dig it, I can put it in Facebook, I can put it on Google+, I can email it if I want to do that, LinkedIn and Twitter, and there's just more options. But typically where my audience is is where I'm going to share it. So Shareaholic is like the best and the fastest way to share things. The other thing I, I tell people is, as well is to repurpose your blog. So the bulk of your time outside of sharing other people's posts is really developing good content yourself. So good content yourself is on your blog. I say at the very minimum people should probably, when I first started blogging, I was writing um, a blog post every day. Now I probably do one maybe once a week or so, maybe less than that. But But I've been doing it for years. But at least write something them two or three times a week, blog, blog-wise. Once you actually have that blog, one of the main things I always tell people to do is make sure you're building your email list because that's where your goal is, and to email, to make emails, um, make your blog, <laughs> how to say, email your blog posts, okay? I use a system called AWeber where automatically whenever I do a blog, it automatically goes out to my email list. My email list has about 10,000. So I'm not sending, I'm not waiting for people to come back to my blog and say, oh, what did she blog today? I'm sending it. it. AWeber automatically sets up my blog, sends it out, and looks like a newsletter. So it sends out my last three blogs as a newsletter. 
And basically it says, um, in case you missed. That's all it says. It says, in case you missed. So I'm not doing a lot. All I'm doing is one thing, which is blogging, which is where the heart of your content is, and you're sending it out to your email list. Now, obviously, they go back to your blog, and then they're sharing those blog posts. So you're only doing one thing once. You're not doing it over, because once you set up a Weber, it does it automatically for you. I'm all into automatic. Those are like the main things. They're automatic for you. Um, the other thing that's really, really easy is that you can schedule posts in Facebook. So you have something that you want to schedule in Facebook, say if it's a quote every Monday, whatever. You can schedule out those four quotes for the four Mondays for the month. Say if it's like on Throwback Thursday, you can schedule that in Facebook and do those Throwback Thursdays. So scheduling posts are very important. Some people use Hootsuite. Eh, you know, I use Hootsuite. For the most part, the reason why I don't do Hootsuite as much is that they look like they're from Hootsuite. If you go to any of the posts in Facebook or where they are, Hootsuite has a way where it has tags itself so that it looks like it's from Hootsuite. And so people don't really go after it because they look scheduled. And um, if you schedule them in Facebook, they don't look scheduled. They just look like regular posts. So that's why I don't use it. But if you're really short on time, Hootsuite is best. It's probably a second best, but I would say if you're going to use Facebook, then use a Facebook scheduler because that's where you can actually schedule it and put that in there. Yeah, but don't yeah, and I, yeah if, I'm, if I'm working ahead, too, I use Buffer, um, BufferApp.com. That's that's a good one, too. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one, too. Buffer is good. Um, the thing about Buffer versus Hootsuite, the, the, the free version, I think you can get two. So you have to go pro version if you really want to utilize it well um, because they only let you have two for free and if you want to add different accounts it goes up enough but those are really good to use as well but there's a lot of free ones that you can use online because it, at a certain point in time it's like okay you're paying for AWeber you're paying for hosting you're paying for this and paying for <laughs> right. oh my god is this ever going you know then you got to pay if you want a premium channel or blog talk I mean so the pro versions they can add up because it sounds like it's you know inexpensive so you, there are some you know, free tools that you could use, and that will, that's one of the ones that I say that, that you do. If you're going to go through like a month, the beginning of every month, and just schedule all your posts on to Facebook. Facebook, obviously, you could set up so that it hits your Twitter. So then you've got Facebook and Twitter at the same time. Yeah, that's so great. I know you've mentioned a lot of it during the hour already, but was there any other point that you wanted to make about how to build a powerful platform to build authority, trust, and credibility? Yeah, the video is really, really key. Um, go back to it again. I mean, if you can, and, and video, you know, people are really scared. Oh, my goodness, you know, I've got to do this with video. I mean, it's so easy to do video. I mean, if you have a really good iPad, you can do a video by using a, what I call an iRig, and taking the iRig, which is a good microphone, you plug it into your iPad. You can also plug it into your iPhone, too. But you can take that video. People will be forgiving of a bad picture, but they will not be forgiving of bad sound. So just remember that for any YouTube video. So getting a good mic is really important. It's called iRig. It's like you're rigging your phone or you're rigging your iPad. But you plug it in, and then all you have to do is have someone hold that, and you speak, like, from the heart on, on that particular thing. Now, once it's there, you obviously you can edit it and you can, you know, if it's in um, 
you know, if you do Movie Maker or any of that sort of thing, you can edit it. But you can even edit it in YouTube. You can add different things in YouTube and edit. It's always about tagging it, though. You have to tag it very well. Put your URL in the description box. But I can't, if there's anything that a person should study, um, it would be YouTube. Uh, understanding the power of video is so important. Like I said, whiteboarding is really good um, at this point in time. I mean, the, the other thing outside of like the main thing that people should really really know is that it's all about visuals now so learning how to make everything that you do look better I mean it used to be a time where we could do social media ah, you know no problem you just kind of update but now it's almost like you have to be almost like a graphic designer in order to get any traction and but again there's free apps for that there's a lot of free apps I mean you could use something like um, photo bucket photo bucket you could do a lot of editing and there you could take a picture you can put your words you know put your, your url on your particular uh, Martin, i think you do really good with that where you take your, your your url and you put that on a particular picture it could be a uh-huh. picture of yours or someone else's picture but you're actually doing a little bit more than just putting a picture up you're actually branding that picture so photo bucket is a good place to do it and canva those are good places to do it there's a lot so you just google like you know um graphic design, free graphic design or free photo editing. Those are some, some good things to do as well. But I just, video um, I know is the way that people are really because when I email now, a lot of times, I don't even put a lot of text in a lot of my videos. I mean, in a lot of my emails, I put videos in my, in my uh-huh. and on my blogs. I never hardly ever put up a blog without a video. And that's just one, multimedia gives you more traction for Google, but, and then YouTube is actually owned by, you know, YouTube is actually owned by Google. But you want to make sure that you're using a lot of um, video. Right. And I think, you know, we only have like a minute left here, but talking about Google owning YouTube, it is really important to use these things that Google owns because when people are doing searches, they love their own stuff. Google loves their own stuff. <laughs> That's, it. That's it. And even Google Hangout. You can do Google Hangouts as well. Um, a Google Hangout is basically almost like a Skype, only once it's done, you can actually put it right into Google. You know, so you actually, I mean, put it right into YouTube. So you actually have a video already done. So if you want to do a Google Hangout with you and maybe invite, you know, three, four other people on a chat, you could do that on a Google Hangout, or you could just do a Google Hangout and not have anyone, and you just actually talk, and they're just watching you live, but then when you stop it, it actually goes into YouTube, so Google Hangouts are really good as well as connected to Google Plus and the whole Google family, but the key is really tagging it correctly with keywords and making sure you're putting your URL in the video. Yeah, so important. And and also th- another reason why you're updating your stuff all the time on your site is because Google spiders can tell when things are updated and then they, they research and, and uh, put you out, you know, higher toward the top of your list for your keywords if you're keeping your customers. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been a great hour. Pam, thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you, Mari. This has been great. And you guys can learn more about Pam over at PamPerryPR.com. That's Pam, and her last name is P-E-R-R-Y, 
and then PR, like public relations, pamperrypr.com. This is Marty Swedberg. I hope you have a wonderful day. I'll meet you over at marty.com, and we'll see you next time here. Bye-bye.